Blog Talk Radio. And now, Geico Saving Stories. Russell Burton closed his laptop, having just switched his car insurance to Geico. He didn't think much of it until... Savings were everywhere. My pockets, uh, wallet, bank accounts. It was like the savings were following me. Following, indeed. All because of an innocent 15 minutes on Geico.com. I feel like I'm never alone. Geico. Spend 15 minutes and 15% or more in savings could be following you.
Welcome everybody to the KIRP Radio Show. I'm your host Pudgy Miller at NC Pudgy is me on Twitter. Also check out the KIRP Radio Show at KIRP Radio Show on Twitter as well. And uh, it's a pleasure to be here on this beautiful Sunday evening. Every Sunday is beautiful to me. I'm sure you guys always hear me say uh, this beautiful Sunday evening, and I mean that because it's another day alive. But before I get ahead of myself. On this beautiful Sunday, December 1st, 2013, shout out to my people out there at ECU. Shout out to my people. K-I-R-P Radio! Good evening. It is not December 1st. It is Friday, March 30th, 2018. You're listening to K-I-R-P Radio Show guest host Rocco. Last Fridays of the month, I was not here. Last month, some things had occurred. Hopefully, I won't, that will not happen again. I would not want to miss an opportunity to do this show at least once a month. Thank you again, Pudgy Miller. KRP is keeping it real with Pudgy Miller. Thank you again, Pudgy Miller, for the opportunity to use your platform at least once a month. Uh, tonight. I will be discussing President Donald J. Trump and gun control. President Donald J. Trump and gun control. If you'd like to call in, please feel free, 619-638-8559, 619-638-8559. So much could be said about Donald J. Trump. And if you had, if you had been a regular listener, I covered uh, covered the Donald throughout the election season, uh, his transformation uh, as a candidate. Uh, he sold a pretty good, uh, pretty good bill of goods he had out there. Pretty good package as a populist. There was always issues. I mean, there's always issues with Trump. He would say some outrageous things that anyone who was a libertarian, anyone that cared about the non-aggression principle, anyone that cared about individual liberty. Uh, was horrified at. He, he'd say things like, uh, "New York City under Rudy Giuliani after 9/11." That that that's just the way really the entire country should be. And New York City, if you're familiar with that, after 9/11 was further transformed into a police state. Yes, with internal checkpoints, uh, illegal searches and seizures. You have police that get on subways with nice guns, and they come up to people in a not so nice way. Or maybe they do it politely, uh, and just say, um, let me see what's in your purse, let me see what's in your briefcase. And yet Donald Trump said, yeah, that's, that's, that should be in America. That's what America should be. But in any case, I mean, Trump did uh, Trump did know what to say. Uh, he was uh, he was sold to us as a nationalist leader, and that's what makes Donald J. Trump and the administration extremely dangerous, because he's a false nationalist. In other words, he drew support from people, some who didn't normally vote. He drew a lot from... Uh, Democrats, you were a lot from disaffected Republicans, and uh, yeah, that's who was not elected as much as was selected. Really, it's really a selection. It's not really an election. An election, as John Whitehead has said, voting, voting basically is the illusion of participation, and I would say, more more precisely, voting is the illusion of choice. In other words, it gives the people the illusion that they have a choice in who's in power. 
and they really don't want they, when they control the candidates. The agenda always remains the same. The agenda always remains the same. So in, in a sense, it's not an illusion of participation. You're, you are participating, but it's the illusion of choice. But lest I, lest I get more philosophical, we'll talk about exactly what's, uh, what's really gone on leading up to this, uh, this situation with gun control and uh, Donald J. Trump. Trump, uh, Trump has really been amazing. All politicians, essentially, to some degree or another, do this. It's different, you know, if you're Barack Obama or anyone else running for re-election, because then you have you have a concrete uh, record you're running on for or against. But, but people could say, okay, this is what you've done. This is people you surrounded yourself with. These are things that uh, that you know you, you could basically hang your hat on. So Trump came, Trump came in legitimately as an outsider. Okay, He'd never been elected to anything. I don't believe he ever tried to run for anything. He he did. I'm sorry. He did run for president under the uh, short-lived Reform Party. That's when he had uh, Pat Buchanan was in there, uh, and some others didn't last long. But yeah, he he did run for president. The Reform Party candidate pulled out. I don't think he lost, or if he did, uh, it, you know, that wasn't. Didn't get a lot of press then again because it was so-called third party. But Trump ran as a legitimate outsider. Uh, uh, th- there's so many ways that the candidate Donald J. Trump uh, was a different human being than President Donald J. Trump. Uh, perhaps considering how much he's embraced gun control, wake, will wake up more Trump voters and supporters to see that the Donald is just another politician. And I'd clarify that once again. He's extremely, Donald J. Trump is extremely dangerous because he's a fake populist leader. So in other words, he, they, Trump was packaged because, you know, the border, you know, the disgust with illegal immigration, uh, things like that, his disgust at political correctness. And I think a lot of that is real, not that, you know, things will change. But he was crafted, he was packaged, he was marketed as someone that could tap into uh, the opposition on those issues, the opposition to disgusting political correctness. We're now, you know, we're institutionalizing racism. You go to sites like Campus Reform, and uh, you know, just see how people, the people are openly having seminars, you know, teaching students about, you know, white guilt, things of that nature. So Trump, Trump was extremely dangerous because he was packaging and he, he tapped into that. National consciousness, of course, not everyone uh, is discussed with political political correctness, but I do think many people, even on the so-called left, are. And of course, left versus right—that's uh, that's really a false paradigm, uh, because we see what happens, <laughs> regardless of party affiliation, regardless of part, regardless of political label, liberal or conservative, left or right. Uh, we see that with gun control. But understanding where, where Trump in particular stands on gun control will help that expose false, false left-right paradigm. It really does. And that's what we need to progress towards. So we need to educate people so that they understand that the parties and the labels are largely there to divide us, uh, to distract us, and to control us. And once you understand what's going on, then you can start, you can start to make some real change. It starts at the individual level. Uh, much could be said about uh, again Trump, how much he's been exposed, and how how many ways he's betrayed, completely betrayed his base on key issues. Remember uh, about Hillary Clinton? Yeah, people throwing the rallies, lock her up. 
<laughs> he talked about Donald J. Trump in the primary. He talked about lying Ted Cruz and uh, crooked Hillary Clinton. And I even said he even said during the debate, you know, he would uh, believe I am not an exact quote when he debated her uh, after the primaries. He had the nomination. She had the nomination. Of course, it was stolen from Bernie Sanders. That's well established. Won't get into that tonight. But uh, he said, you know, he he was a uh, you know once he was in office, you know, he would uh, you know, she would be, he basically said she'd be going to jail, she'd be charged, and then immediately after uh, he was elected, he made a statement saying, oh yeah, you know, we don't want to be too harsh on them, and again, the corruption of the Clinton Foundation, as far as pay to play, the corruption of the Clinton Foundation, tied to favors that Hillary Clinton gave nations when she was Secretary of State. It's just mind blowing. All that's out there. I mean, it's public record. It's not hearsay. It's not, you know, it's not. Uh, it's not uh, an urban legend. You know, all, all that stuff's out there. Of course, nothing is being done. Nothing will be done. Uh, Trump Trump betrayed his base with illegal immigration, especially with the Dreamers. Uh, he he made more than one statement saying, you know, with these Dreamers, this uh, this DACA program, where you have Children came in of illegal aliens, and people tried to create the emotional argument. Well, you know, it wasn't their fault they were here. You know, Trump said, of course, you know, they can't, uh, they can't become citizens now. Trump, uh, Trump's a, uh, a champion. Trump flipped 180 degrees. He swore the dreamers becoming citizens. The wall. Okay, how many times did we hear Donald J. Trump candidates say, "We're going to build a wall, and Mexico's going to pay for it." <laughs> It was classic. I mean, she's just, just like Paul Manafort, who was one of Trump's two or three, I believe three, campaign managers, said it's best. Manafort was a high-level Republican operative. Yeah, he's been charged by uh, been charged by Robert Mueller as part of the uh, the theater Russian uh, collusion Trump campaign uh, side sideshow. Yeah, that's, that's all again. It's all theater again. All to distract us. It's all fake. But yeah, Manafort has been charged. He was a high-level Republican uh, operative long before he worked for Donald J. Trump. But he said it best, I think, on the campaign trail. He said it best. He says running for president or becoming president was is the ultimate reality show for Donald J. Trump. But yeah, Trump report repeatedly said, "Yeah, we're going to build a wall, and Mexico is going to pay for it." Guess what? Uh, the wall has not been built, and there's no indication the wall is going to be built. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. The mo- some money was allocated in the latest horrible, disgusting, repulsive omnibus, uh, omnibus spending bill, and re- the Democrats rightly yeah, considered that a victory against really one party. It's not two. And you, Ann Coulter, yeah, you know, big big Trump supporter. Yeah, you know, she's been going off, and she wrote a piece. Uh, Trump's border wall prototypes ridiculous waste of time. That's on Breitbart if you want to. If you want to use startpage.com, startpage.com, or go.com, duck, duck, go got, go.com to locate that piece. And call it the Trump's border wall prototypes ridiculous waste of time, Breitbart. And in that, she essentially says the the money that is allocated, not much, in the omnibus bill for uh, Mexico, for, for this wall, isn't for the wall. Uh, it's to reinforce the existing fences that are down there and some walls that are there. It's nothing. There's no money that's been allocated legally to construct any new walls. So again, so much is theater, so much 
is just uh it's make believe to, to basically divide us and yeah, left versus right, you just you placate your base and then flame the others. But we've had all this theater about Trump seeing prototypes and all. It's all it's all it's all fake. No 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 money's been no money's been designated, no money's been allocated yet to build anything near a wall at this point and Breitbart has said it more than once even before the omnibus the, the horrific omnibus bill that Trump should have never signed if he was real and he's not uh, no, they're just going to reinforce what we have down there now some existing fences and all and the reality is and I said this I believe in uh, my last political program on this show when I dealt when I went after Trump heavy on the dreamers uh, the US really doesn't have to spend much money at all if they did want to secure the borders, what they all have, all that needs to be done is simply number one, shut down the uh, between 50 and 60 odd Mexican consulates that are in the United States that exist almost exclusively to facilitate illegal immigration, because the Mexican consulates issue this magical card called the Matricula Consulate Card, which means absolutely nothing in Mexico. You could not open up a bank account with a matricular consulate card in the U.S. So it's very easy. If you were real and you were in Washington, okay, and few are real that are in Washington, if any, and particularly if you were Donald J. Trump, um, yeah, allegedly a great businessman, and you want to solve this problem, illegal immigration, very simple. Number one, shut down the vast majority of those Mexican consulates, number one. Number two, pass a federal law that says the matricula consula means what it means in Mexico, which is nothing. can't be used as ID. And then number three, if you wanted to basically, and yeah, this is all non-police state tax in the words. I have no desire to expand the growing domestic police state, none whatsoever. Okay, So everything I'm saying could be done very peacefully, where the Mexicans and other illegals would peacefully self-deport. Uh, the other thing you do then, you can pass a nice federal law saying anyone that uses Western Union or any, any way to send funds out of the country, if you can't produce a passport, then there's going to be a 50 or make it nice if you really want to end illegal immigration. Make it a nice 80% surcharge. That's all. <laughs> so they could fix it. Again, they do not want to. They, they don't want to. But, you know, Trump's, Trump's basically, uh, he's betrayed his pace not going after Hillary. He's betrayed his base on illegal immigration. He's betrayed, he's betrayed his base on the wall, non-existent wall. Uh, the wall, Mexico will never pay for that wall, uh, even if the wall is built, which at this point doesn't look like it's going to be built. Uh, Trump betrayed his base on NATO. He betrayed his base on NATO. There was a beautiful clip. Uh, I'll pull it up and I'll, I'll play one. He had debated he had debated uh, Jeb Bush was part of the uh, the uh, debates in the primaries when before Trump won, before Trump was selected, and it was a wonderful exchange where Trump was asked his view of George W. Bush, particularly concerning the Iraq War. Uh, it is it, it is fascinating when you well, I'll pull it up. This goes back to February 2016, and it's fascinating to see what this guy said. This guy named Trump said when he was running for president, as opposed to what's happened since then. Let me pull up that clip. Mm 
One of the things we admire most about the United States is anyone can be president with enough heart and determination. No All right. On Monday, George W. Bush will campaign in South Carolina for his brother. As you said tonight, and you've often said, the Iraq war and your opposition to it was a sign of your good judgment. In 2008, in an interview with Wolf Blitzer talking about President George W. Bush's conduct for the war, you said you were surprised that Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi didn't try to impeach him. You said, quote, which personally I think would have been a wonderful thing, uh, close quote. When you were asked what you meant by that, you said, for the war. For the war, he lied. He got us into the war with lies. Do you still believe President Bush should be impeached? Should have been First impeached? Of all, I have to say, as a businessman, I get along with everybody. I have business all over the world. I know so many of the people in the audience. And by the way, I'm a self-funder. I don't have. I have my wife and I have my son. That's all I have. I don't have them. So, let me just tell you. I get along with everybody, which is my obligation to my company, to myself, etc. Obviously, the war in Iraq was a big, fat mistake, all right? Now, you can take it any way you want, and it took, Je it took Jeb Bush, if you remember at the beginning of his announcement, when he announced for president, took him five days, he went back, it was a mistake, it wasn't a mistake, it took him five days before his people told him what to say, and he ultimately said it was a mistake. The war in Iraq, we spent $2 trillion, thousands of lives. We don't even have it. Iran is taking over Iraq with the second largest oil reserves in the world. Obviously, it was a mistake. So George Bush made a mistake. We can make mistakes, but that one was a beauty. We should have never been in Iraq. We have destabilized right. the Middle East. But so, you, so I'm going to... That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's the guy I voted for. Yeah, I, I should have known better. I mean, I should have known better because I knew... Once uh, Trump had chosen, uh, uh, once Trump had chosen, uh, you know, Pence as his VP, yeah, he was, it was all over. I mean, he's, he's surrounded himself with establishment people, you know, from day one. But that that guy, that that Donald J. Trump doesn't exist anymore. Uh, he doesn't exist anymore. The Donald J. Trump that's in office now. Is just hired John Bolton as his national security advisor. John Bolton, who even the American Conservative, Good Paleo Conservative magazine, founded by Pat Buchanan, said uh, John Bolton is a madman, and I think that's a very fair assessment. So, by putting John Bolton there, and again, yeah, Trump changes advisors like he does almost close, but the agenda continues, uh, and it, it's 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 an extremely horrible choice if you believe the Iraq war was a huge mistake. But again, Trump was packaged. Uh, we were sold a false bill of goods. Uh, perhaps the most dramatic betrayal by Trump I'm going to spend the rest of the night on in this program is uh, this show. That involves gun control. That involves gun control. Consider the role the mass media are trying to convince the U.S. public we need gun control. This happens repeatedly when there's school shootings. I don't have time tonight to you know, deconstruct a lot of what's happened. Uh, if you look at you look at Sandy Hook in Connecticut, extremely disturbing as far as you know the actual proof of what didn't didn't occur. I'm not saying the entire event was staged, but I'm saying we don't know exactly what happened. And there was there's huge amounts of evidence that have been suppressed. In Sandy Hook they had a state of the art video uh, surveillance system and they've never released those videos and then, and then they destroyed the school after the event occurred. So 
But we can. De- I'm not going to deconstruct those events tonight. But I'm just saying, there's always you can always consider the role of the mass media after after a mass shooting, and the message is always clear. They want the U.S. public to get incensed over this, and they want to convince the public, and it's a false narrative that the problem is guns and guns have to be restricted. So on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday afternoon, February 14th, Valentine's Day. Nicholas Cruz, a kid who had been uh, had been expelled from that Parkland school in in Florida, uh, he allegedly killed 17 and wounded 15 more, and that was the worst school shooting in Florida history. I say allegedly because there were legitimate multiple reports of more than one shooter, and they were ignored by the mainstream media. Again, I'm not going to chase those now tonight. They're out there again. You go to YouTube, even though YouTube is becoming more oppressive, owned by Google. Uh, and you can see that multiple shooters, put multiple shooters, Florida school shooting, multiple shooters, Parkland, Florida. Uh, let's see what pops up. Uh, children that were there on the ground when it happened, several, said there was at least two shooters. So that's the role of the media. And, again, I'm using this as a backdrop to get get back to Trump. Always realize when there's and when there's ever stories out there, particularly big story. In other words, when you have and you know, local the local affiliates are just as controlled as the national ones. Yeah, it isn't like your CBS local affiliate is better than the national news on CBS. The same with NBC and ABC and so on and so forth. Uh, but I'm just saying, whenever you see any story that they won't let die, always consider the question you have to ask is why. What do they want me to believe about this, and what's the result they want? Gun control in the U.S. has largely been adopted as a result of mass shootings. As you go back to, yeah, really, really bad law in 1968. That's when they started to license uh, gun dealers. Didn't happen until 1968 in this country, in the United States of America. You used to be able to buy a gun through mail order, get a gun at a, at a drugstore. Uh, that's the way it should be, incidentally. All federal gun laws are illegal, if you believe the Constitution, if you understand the Second Amendment. None should exist. But that's when the BATFE Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Farms, and Explosives started to have, they gained this, this magical power to then license gun dealers. This happened in 1968 after there was a mass shooting in Texas. Very, this is the way the pattern has always been. And many people involved in the right to keep and bear arms will say gun, con- gun control is death by a thousand cuts. It's death by a thousand cuts. What do I mean by that? They know the people, however you want to, however you want to construe the powers it shouldn't be, whether you want to call them the power elite, whether you want to say it's the men behind the curtain. Uh, I would prefer the phrase new world order. Uh, they know they cannot get all the guns in one shot, no pun intended. What they can do is what they've done for many years, and that's to incrementally pass gun law after gun law after gun law. Until in the end, it's virtually impossible. Even if the law says you can have a gun for all intents and purposes, it's impossible. And they also do that. They can also do that by driving up the price of uh, ammunition. That's another way you can do it. Anyone who's shot for a number of years knows how much the cost of ammo has gone up to. But you, you look at a state like New Jersey, they just keep on passing more and more and more 
<laughs> oppressive gun laws. Of course, all any anyone that wants to look at this rationally, and obviously, obviously, again, I said the left-right paradigm is superimposed because I'm saying the people in power. It's an agenda. It's it's an illusion they use to separate us. But the people on the so-called left don't want to admit the simple truth. Just look at Chicago. We have the most draconian and restrictive gun laws. We have the most gun violence. Because all gun laws do is very simple. It's very simple. What, what do they accomplish? They only disarm honest people. Law-abiding people obey laws. Criminals do not. You can look at Kansas or Georgia, where a little little town in Georgia, where they base the heaven ordinance, and you get a waiver, obviously for religious reasons or other. But every 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 home in Kansas or Georgia is supposed to have a gun. There's no break-ins in Kansas or Georgia. There's no violent crime in Kansas or Georgia, because criminals know you got you break to a house in Kansas, and in all probability you're going to be facing a gun. They don't want that. So. Uh, Ben Swan put together a good video, and it was from the perspective as far as you know what what was Trump's executive order when he first came in. Because people were saying, you know, when when Trump initially came in, he made it easier for people that were uh, that were mentally ill to get guns. It wasn't exactly exactly true, but this video this video is the latest mass shooting at a school in Florida is once again reigniting the debate over the, gun control and uh, gotta stop Ben there. Sorry, Ben. The video is good because it goes into the background as far as what did we know about Nicholas Cruz. And keep that in mind because what I'm going to talk about when he goes through this is, is simply that when the plea is made, okay, there's, there's a mass shooting, okay, and obviously you know, no one is going to celebrate that. So the response the media wants with you know their allies in government in both parties they want to elicit an emotional response they get people they want to work people up into emotional frenzy basically saying something has to be done meaning the government has to do something which means they have to restrict guns they want to focus on that point and i'm saying if you take the view that the state has to do something okay if you take that view the the problem logically to solve it is not guns, apart from the fact, the logic that gun laws only only basically penalize law, law it only basically restricts law-abiding people. Apart from that logic, it's irrefutable. Again, look at Chicago. There's so many other things that could be done to prevent gun violence, uh, and yeah, stop it in the future, to largely restrict it in the future. But they don't want to deal with those solutions because. The agenda, once again, is death by a thousand cuts. The agenda is always more gun laws. And the mantra, the mantra that, that uh, George Soros' organizations others have used, they've used it after Parkland, too, on Valentine's Day last month, February 14th. It's been common sense gun laws, common sense gun laws, because they know in America there's still enough, there's still enough American spirit left. There's still enough love of liberty left in spite of how far down we are, the rab- how deep we are in the rabbit hole, the high-tech police state of surveillance and all, and all that. So it's, uh, and in spite of how close we are to a cash society, there's still enough people that love liberty that you can't sell people on the fact that they should take all the guns. Though some people like retired Justice John Paul Stevens you know, just said that less than a week ago to repeal the Second Amendment, and others have. 
New York Times op-ed writer wrote the same thing. But that doesn't sell. And even some other liberals have basically chastised John Paul Stevens and others for that, saying all it's going to do is help Republicans get elected. <laughs> but I'm going to play part of this clip by, by Ben Swan because he talks about uh, this idea of you know mental illness. What happened there? What did we know about Nicholas Cruz, the alleged teenage shooter in Parkland? There's a couple of things that the national media really hasn't uh, discussed much, which needs to be discussed. The latest mass shooting at a school in Florida is once again reigniting the debate over gun control and mental health. But here's the thing. The media headlines now blaming President Trump because they say that he signed a bill that actually made it easier for people with severe mental health problems to get guns. Is that true? Let's give it a reality check. You won't get anywhere else. Reality check with Ben Swan, powered by Dash Digital Cash. 19-year-old Nicholas Cruz, police say he is the man responsible for gunning down at least 17 teenagers at a Florida high school. We now know much more about Cruz's background, which, by the way, includes a number of very disturbing reports of police calls to his home. For instance, according to police reports first obtained by CNN, police responded to Cruz's home 39 times, 39, over a seven-year period. Details about the calls to the Broward County Sheriff's Office have not yet shown, though, if Cruz was involved in all of those. But what we do know about those police calls, this according to KTLA, those included calls of a mentally ill person, child and elderly abuse, domestic disturbance, and a missing person. We also know this, that according to the New York Times, last fall, a bail bondsman in Mississippi spotted a disturbing comment on his YouTube channel. It said, I'm going to be a professional school shooter. Take a look. The bondsman, Ben Ben Knight, took the screenshot. He didn't flag the comment to YouTube. He even left a voicemail message at his local FBI field office alerting it to the comment. The name of the person, as you can see there, who wrote the comment, Nicholas Cruz. And there's more. ABC News reports that law enforcement sources say that Cruz claimed he heard voices in his head giving him instructions for the attack. And those voices were described as demons. So let's summarize here. At this point, it appears that Cruz very likely suffered from extreme mental health issues, and yet he was able to legally buy a Smith & Wesson M&P 15-223, according to Peter Forselli, special agent in charge of the Miami office for the ATF. Now, federal law, it does allow for people ages 18 and older to legally purchase long guns, including that kind of weapon, with no criminal record. Now, Cruz, he cleared an instant background check via the FBI criminal database. See, if somebody is adjudicated mentally defective or has been committed to a mental institution, they're prohibited from possessing a firearm under federal law. But Cruz had not been flagged by the proper authorities. So what has the response been from the media? That it is President Trump's fault, they say, because he and the Republican Party have actually made it easier for people with mental health problems to buy assault weapons. All right, you can see, you can check out the rest of that video, Reality Check. Ben Swan was back after his legal dispute with his previous employer. And you can see that Reality Check, Trump and severely mentally ill people buying guns. But what I want to point out in this, and yeah, Trump really didn't do that, incidentally. Uh, did you check out what he had documented? Bell Bondsman had and sent a screenshot to the FBI where a guy said, I want to be professional goal shooter, sent to the FBI. And it was interesting, the FBI, the FBI visited the Bell Bondsman. And when this story broke, they said, uh, 
the FBI initially said, okay, the, the actual quote from the YouTube channel was, I'm going to be a professional school shooter. And then uh, Ben the Bondsman got a visit by the FBI. And initially the FBI said, if you're sitting down, please do now. They said they didn't follow up on this because they didn't know who it was. And the person that posted that, I'm going to be a professional school shooter, his name was Nicholas Cruz. Yeah, the, the, the same Nicholas Cruz who then became a school shooter. So, again, if you want to fixate about the government having to do something, it's very, 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 very simple in this case. Okay, And we'll talk a little bit about the local police too down there in Florida. The FBI agents that took that and or their, and I'd say also their immediate supervisors should all be fired and charged with criminal negligence. They should all be fired, and they all should they also should, they should be charged. They should get their day in court. But the government has a horrible track record of holding itself accountable. Anyone that has lived in the states would know that if you ever have to go to deal with the government at different levels, particularly if you live in a state where the government, the state government controls inspection stations for your vehicle. Uh, I, I've said repeatedly a great example of what the New World Order would be controlling life would be if you had everyone that worked for the Department of Motor Vehicles in New Jersey controlling your life. That's what it would be like. And that's that's funny if you haven't lived in New Jersey. If you do live in New Jersey, it's at first funny and it's kind of scary see the way they treat people because they know you have to use DMV in New Jersey. You've got to use a state facility to get inspected to legally operate a car. So, again, if you want to fixate upon you know, the, something has to be done. Yesterday, telling me something has to be done. Something has to be done. They mean the state. They mean the power of the government must be used. The power of the government must be used. Okay, real, 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 real simple. Real simple. When you got a nice federal badge, and you get a tip that someone says I'm going to be a professional school shooter, and you have their name, and you interview the person that told you about it, and you ignore the person that posted that you not only need to be fired immediately and your supervisor, you, you need to basically be served. You need, you need to basically go to jail. Because if that happened, obviously, then we wouldn't, we wouldn't ever have, almost ever have in the federal government again. We'd never have this happen again because people who have really, make really nice salaries and have really incredible benefits would think, hey, I, I don't have job safety. Right now, if you're in the FBI, you know this. Do you think if this happens again, you think do, do you think anyone in the FBI, if they do the same thing again, they have any fear of even getting a mild wrist slap? No. And Congress knows about this, incidentally. I mean, it's not. It's out there. Then we could talk about those multiple reports Ben Ben Swan said with the local police in Florida. Well over 20 reports. More has come out since he made that video where people specifically spoke with police saying, Nicholas Cruz is dangerous. They said things like he's unstable. He has guns. So, yes, there were existing laws on the books in Florida that either Cruz should have never gotten that rifle or if he did get it before any of these reports happened, which is I don't believe that's the case, then they should have been taken away from him, due process. 
there's laws in the books that weren't obeyed. So, so this is this is the this is the illusion you see the agenda, how wicked it is with gun control because some honest politicians that even want gun control admit, even if you change certain laws, nothing's going to change. You, you get that? Some of them even admit, even if you change the laws, there's absolutely no guarantee that anything specifically has happened wouldn't happen again. You, you, you go back to Sandy Hook again, even if it was, you know, that that young man. I sincerely doubt he acted alone, if at all. Uh, but if you buy if you buy that's the case, uh, that shooter was real. Uh, he got those guns legally, all right. And again, Connecticut, similar to New Jersey, has some pretty restrictive and draconian drug uh, gun laws. They should have more drug laws. So this is what I'm saying. Be careful. Be extremely careful whenever you see a story that won't go away. The question you have to ask yourself is why, and specifically, why won't the story go away? What do they want me to believe? And really, how do they want you to emote? How do they want you to feel about this? Because what's the agenda? <clears throat> what's the agenda? So things things could be done. But again, gun control is <laughs> only penalizes people that are law abiding. And all the guns all the laws in the world aren't gonna matter if they're not enforced. And that's what people have said too about the borders for years. Some like Michelle Malkin in spite of some of the things she said that are horrific, like when she, def- she I don't know if she's ever recanted or to use a biblical word, repented when she wrote a whole book defending the internment of Japanese American citizens, which is insane. But one of the things she has said correctly about the border was for years, why look any any congressperson in the eye, okay, get them on camera and say, why should we pass new laws when you're not enforcing existing laws? And said question would be, how do we know because you're not enforcing existing laws that you've passed these new laws? They're going to be obeyed. Because what they've been telling us for years from you know George W. Bush now to Donald J. Trump is, you know, Trump's trying to not say it like this, but essentially he's on the bandwagon of amnesty. We need amnesty in order to secure the border. That's what they said, and of course it's a lie. Compare compare a number of people to if you want if you want to get incest, do a little research and find out how many people die in car accidents because they're texting. How many people die in car accidents through texting? Texting. There's no outrage. Again, if you want to invite the government, and I don't, but if you want more laws, uh, let's have some really severe laws. Like if you're caught texting, then yeah, just take your license away for 10 years. Again, if the issue is you want to make an emotional argument that yeah, you don't want anyone to die if the government could help it. Yes, the government isn't going to cause can isn't going to cure cancer and all that's not going to make you live two thousand years. But if you care about the government getting involved in preventing unnecessary deaths, what about all these people that die texting? Why don't we have people losing their licenses? Well, why not? The big thing again would be the use the use of an access to psychiatric medications. That would be a big thing. The use of psychiatric medications and access to psychiatric meds. Okay, I didn't I didn't dig up the numbers tonight, but the last time I looked at them, it's well, it was at least fifty thousand people a year die due to medical errors, and I'm not sure if that was just for due due to uh, problems with drugs. Okay, every prescription drug, except for an antibiotic, only treats the symptoms. But there's really some horrible things when you get into these uh, 
again, some of these psychiatric drugs. These are just some horrible things. Almost every mass shooting, incidentally, uh, the shooters, the alleged shooters, were, were using some type of psychiatric or psychotropic drug. Oftentimes, it's an SSRI, select serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Changes your brain chemistry. You can't just get off it, too, either. Very, very dangerous. So, again, if, if, if the narrative is that the government has to do something, okay, why don't we, number one, let's go after criminally all these doctors that are over-prescribing the meds. They know who are doing them because the federal government shouldn't be involved with drugs. There's no base in the Constitution for that. But we have this entity called the DEA, Drug Enforcement Agency, and you know, we have state licensed doctors and well, the state medical board working with the state, working with the, the uh, actual states. Okay, so the government's deeply involved in medicine. Shouldn't be. They are. All right. So if 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 you want to prevent mass shootings, right? Let's so uh, let's go after the people that are prescribing psychiatric medication. You may not realize this. Okay, a psychiatrist is a medical doctor, unlike a psychologist. But we know these numbers. Psychiatrists aren't the only people out there that are, that are prescribing psych meds. <laughs> Tons of people are. They know that. And so we talk about this opioid epidemic. All right? And we want to talk about, too, about how the U.S. since the U.S. invaded Afghanistan and the U.S. Army has protected the poppy fields, how much it's gone on. We won't talk about that tonight. But the fact is, we know everyone issues a prescription as far as looking at the prescription aspect of this. We know there's a clear, clear abuse of psychiatric medications. We know most mass shooters were taking psychiatric meds. So, why don't we go after real hard? Go after doctors that are prescribing them. Take their licenses away. Lock them up. Okay, if we start to arrest doctors that were proven, that, that were shown, they were just, they were giving out these prescriptions recklessly. Do you think doctors overnight would start to do things differently? I think so. But again, it's not about protecting us. It's about enslaving us. So, see, they want us drugged. They want, they want people drug addicts because it's a lot easier to control a populace that's addicted to drugs. It's not that easy to control a populace that's thinking clearly, that's armed. It's not. And with, I don't know, 200 million guns in the U.S., uh, that is a potential problem. That's still, still something you have to deal with. Trump, uh, Trump's a master, like all good politicians, of playing both sides of an issue. And politi- <coughs> excuse me, politicians do that to confuse and also to placate their bases. Politicians, they're, they're masterful. Uh, to do that, to create confusion, to placate their base. Remember Obama, way back, remember, before 2008, when he ran, he said he was going to close Guantanamo Bay. Remember that? Never, never, never got closed, though. Obama was in office eight years. It sounded good if, you know, you're, you run to the left and, you know, you want to, uh, you want to please your base. Never happened. Never happened. Didn't happen though. Uh, Trump, Trump made, yeah, you know, Trump really the uh, the tweeter in chief. He had he had a great he had a great uh, tweet 
about this stuff. He really did. I say I got a call there. I'm sorry. I didn't see you. I'll get you on in a minute. I just saw it. Please excuse me about that, caller. But Trump gave a great tweet, and he said this. This was on February 17th. He said, just like they don't want to solve the DACA problem, why didn't the Democrats pass gun control legislation when they had both the House and the Senate during the Obama administration? Because they didn't want to, and now they just talk. So <clears throat> that's a great statement if you want to convince your base that, hey, I'm against gun control. But he's not. But he's not. Good evening. Thank you for calling KRP Radio Show. You are on the air. May I have your name and where you're calling from? First name, just. Yeah, good. Yep, good evening, sir. My name's David. Um, how are you doing? And uh, thanks for taking my. And where are you calling from, David? Uh, Minnesota. Thanks. What's on your mind tonight? Yes, sir. I was just going to say, um, in regards to Trump, um, I think we have to always take into consideration that this guy is not a ideologically he's not a conservative. We most know that that what we consider a moderate Democrat with some conservative tendencies. But Trump is very malleable, and so the Republican Senate actually conservative. So the issue relies Mitch McConnell and the overwhelming majority of Republican senators, which are very much moderate. Right in the Senate right now, there's only maybe a handful of like people like Tim Scott, Michael, Ted Cruz, or Rand Paul. The vast majority of them are very moderate. They're almost borderline progressives. And you have people like Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski that, you know, enough said. But So with regards to Trump, I mean, you have to remember that's what he is. So Trump... You're, you're breaking up a little bit. Could you, you're breaking up. Could you repeat your last sentence? I'm sorry. And he's always stated... Whatever legislation they put on his table to sign, he will sign it, anything. So if the Republicans had actually wanted to, let's say, deal with health care, put a bill on his table, he would have signed it. I mean. Yeah, it's, 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 it's yeah, hey, look. Republicans I'm not. Progressive. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I mean, I, I'm with you to a point, okay. Trump, Trump's a politician. You say he's malleable. Yeah, if you listened early on, I played the clip where, yeah, he was real strong in debates, and especially if you remember going into the South Carolina primary, uh, he was real strong. He basically said the Iraq War was a horrible mistake. Never backed down from that. Uh, he didn't. He stopped short of saying George W. Bush should have been impeached, and of course he should have been. Walter Jones, Republican congressman from North Carolina, went to Pelosi with that at the time for Speaker of the House. So then you just said the two-party system works. You had a Democrat. Speaker of the House, who denied a request to get an up or down vote to impeach a Republican president, presented in part by a Republican because it's all a show. So with Trump, again, it's not. I don't think it's so much that he's malleable. It's a script. In other words, people people get selected. They really don't get elected, and he's just following a script. So he'll move around the pieces of the table, so-called his advisors, but the agenda is the same. I mean, you talk about health care. All these people in Congress. They ran. They ran on repealing Obamacare. They they were they were absolute liars. They were scum. They were scum. Some of them even admitted you can pull up a piece on the intercept. Some of them even admitted it and said, Yeah, well it's different. We can actually get a chance to do it. So yeah, I mean it's easy to beat up Trump. But 
let's let's also look at Congress that actually controls the purse strings. All these people that all these Republicans ran, no one ran saying, "I will keep I will keep Obamacare in place. I will just modify Obamacare." That they had all those fake votes when Obama was off, so they knew it wouldn't work to repeal at least part of it. And then when they had a chance, you had a few you had a few stand up guys. Uh, you had the one guy from Ohio, I forget his name. Uh, you had a few stand-up people that said, look, let's get a clean repeal, and then we'll talk about what we're going to replace it with, and they refused to do that. Why? Because they're scum, because they're liars. So, yeah, it's easy to beat up Trump, but no, he's, he's not. He's not the only villain. The same thing, same thing with gun control. I mean, yeah, if, they, if the Republicans in both houses, if, if both in the, in the Senate and in the House, if they stood firm, it wouldn't matter what Trump said. They can never get it passed. So. I yeah I I just have no I have no confidence in that in the Congress side of it I think yeah the Obamacare alone just shows just how incredible how the, the incredible deception duplicity these guys are guilty of yeah and it comes down to uh, uh, people have to understand when when we talk when we say, for example on your on your show page you talked about there's no left right paradigm when in reality mm-hmm. we, we, you probably should phrase it that there's no Democrat versus Republican paradigm. The actual paradigm, the actual. And You're the breaking up a little bit. Number the conservative. Now I was saying, the actual paradigm that exists is is the one that's between conservatives and, and progressives. There is no Republican Democrat paradigm <clears throat> because the, yeah. the are progressives. Right in the right. house, there's a little but bit can, more, but the right, right. so yeah. Right. But they convince us of that, though. They convince us when we go to vote that you know the Republicans conservative, and the Democrats tend to be liberal. So if you if you believe conservative values, whatever that means, then vote Republican, right? I mean that that's that's they try and tell us. It depends on how educated you are on the fact. For example, yeah. there there's a lot of organizations like um, you know, um, Conservative Review as one example. It does a really good job of really analyzing the, the voter, you know, role of all the like a congressman or a senator, and they mm-hmm. give actual grades on whether someone's conservative. The problem is that the public is actually a conservative when it comes to Republican. So right now in the Republican Party, in the Senate, there's probably only four or five constitutional conservatives. The vast majority of them are, are what we would consider a progressive. And so when it comes to real votes, that's when they show their true colors, like you said, with health care. A lot of them actually supported the idea of Obamacare because they want government health care. And so that's why they didn't vote against it. Right? Of so, course. But when you say the actual paradigm, the problem, the paradigm right now is that there is a paradigm, and the fight is between constitutional conservatives versus status progressives. And the problem is that the status progressives have the overwhelming majority. They have the majority of politicians. They have the control of the media and the education system. And yeah. so they have massive yeah. control over our population. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, there, there's, philosophical, the more people, yeah. there's philosophical divide. I mean, there's no doubt I agree with you to that extent. But as far as you know, getting people elected and all that, it, it, it's a rigged system. You probably know how much money it is to run. It's a rigged system. Down here in North Carolina where I live, I'll give you one example. This guy named Tom Tillis. Okay, yeah, he, he's a neo-lib Republican. Uh, no one really knew, even though he was Speaker of the House when he ran. He, he had very little recognition because people said, say, don't you know, pay attention to state politics. So he runs. It took 
it took Tillis and Pax's support Tillis $10 million for him to be two people that had no political experience. And he was one of the most powerful Republicans elected in state. So for, for people of character to get that money, it's so it, it's next to impossible. And, and you don't even look at guys, you guys like Ted Cruz and Rand Paul, you know, Rand Paul has said a lot of good things. I didn't get to it tonight, but Rand Paul said, you know, simple measure Trump won't get on board with. And that's let's, let's repeal. And Tom Massey said this too from Kentucky. Also let's repeal this whole ridiculous idea of gun-free school zones, all right? Yeah, you know, why? Yeah, it's basically it's ridiculous. You disarm, you, you tell people you're safer by getting rid of guns, and criminals don't obey the laws. But the point is, even with you guys like you know Cruz and Mike Lee, uh, Rand Paul, even these guys, where are they presenting legislation to just get rid of the Department of Education? Where are they presenting legislation to get rid of the EPA? Where are they presenting that legislation to get rid of the BATFE? I don't see it. So even though you say yes, well, a few they, or more. Yeah, but they know it's not going to pass. I mean, let's be honest. Well, no, but, they know, but that, for example, that's, the Republicans. That's the point. No, right, but this is the point. Right, it's because of Mitch McConnell. That's that's the part you have to no, take into consideration. That. Mitch McConnell think has. Think my friend. He, he, he's. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't. You're breaking up. You said Mitch McConnell. Yeah, I was saying Mitch. it's Mitch McConnell that is the guy. The, yeah, uh, yeah, and, you're, you're and that's what it up. comes yeah. down to. You bring that, but but again, they, they they create they create these rules. Same thing at the state level, where they give they give all this power to one person, so they could redo the they could first off they could change those rules they wanted to they don't want to. The second thing is this: you'd be like Ron Paul, and at least you use the bully pulpit to educate people. I just don't even see those guys even educating people. I don't even see those people. I mean, it's like Trump. You had a golden opportunity when Trump was first in office. If you were Rand Paul or Mike Lee to say Trump flirted with the idea in the campaign trail of abolishing the EPA, you could easily had a press conference, even though you couldn't get an up or down vote, and just say, hey, we congratulate President Trump on his election, and now we encourage him now to, to use executive power just like Richard Nixon did to create the EPA to abolish the EPA. I didn't see anyone saying that. I saw no one saying that. Did you? Yes. Yeah, because they're also realists, and this is the part you have to take into consideration when it comes to Trump. Trump is somebody that at this point he's come to an understanding of what he's dealing with. He's actually good when it comes to strategy. He realizes that, and this is something Reagan did as well, is that he has to realize there are certain battles he can win, certain battles he can't. And he knows that he has a Republican Senate that is basically completely feckless. That's not going to back him on anything, especially whenever he does, when he tries to do conservative. So he, let's say he he puts his neck out. You're going to have protests all over the country. The Democrats are going to go crazy, and the Republicans are going to stand packed and just let him stand out there, hang him out to dry. He knows this is going to happen. So in his mind, it's it's not worth taking because he's he's learned to this point that the Republicans are not going to back him at anything. And it's funny to me yeah, that I, when I, he does conservative things, is they hang him out to dry. When he does liberal things, that's when you see them coming rallying behind him. And so well, that, that, that's, that's my point. That's why I said Trump it, was a tool. Yeah. Republicans had their act together. Trump yeah. could have been – he's willing to be the most conservative president since Reagan. That's what his agenda was. And what he needed was the Republicans yeah. to put legislation on his table to sign. Yeah. They were unwilling. Hey, 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 look. 
I, I just, I mean, Reagan gave us amnesty. Again, we really had George H.W. Bush run the show there to a large degree. I, I just, I, 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 I mean, I appreciate your, you calling in, but I just think you're too optimistic. I think it's the same agenda. Trump has exposed himself. This is why he surrounded himself with establishment people. He wouldn't ever went, went with Pence, in my opinion, if he was real. But I mean, yeah, I do appreciate calling. Please call us again. The, the reality is what we're facing with Trump is, uh, don't make it about a person. Look at the issues. Look at the issues very clearly. Trump used an executive order for gun control. Now, he used an executive order for gun control. That was reported on February 20th. You had all this idiocy about bump stocks. Okay, You had a device that they say you know, modifies a semi-auto, so it fires almost, almost like an auto. And they said that was involved in Las Vegas shooting. Las Vegas shooting again. Yeah extremely disturbing yeah the lack of evidence we have there they released some video recently about the guy that did that they still don't have a motive this long but in any case he, trump signs an executive order telling jeff sessions the attorney general to develop regulations banning bump stocks okay so you know trump again uses his authority to push gun control and uh the nra said, yeah, they support that, which was, again, ridiculous. The NRA incidentally gave us the 1968 omnibus gun control act because they lied to their they lied to their base. They said, well, there's going to be gun control. So this is the table. And taking the principal constitutional position was all these laws are illegal, no gun control. So they, they, they didn't take that position then. The NRA is controlled opposition. They don't take it today. And when I say controlled opposition, if you think I'm exaggerating, Go to a site called Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership. Jews for the Pre- Preservation of Firearms Ownership, and see the open letter that they wrote. <laughs> that, that, that they wrote about the NRA. Okay, see that open letter that they wrote to. Uh, that they wrote about the NRA and why they wouldn't join the NRA because the NRA believes in gun control. The NRA believes the BATFE should license gun dealers, which didn't exist before 1968. So, you know, all that's out there. You know, and that's why part of the reason is that now the NRA is being demonized because controlled opposition, they want to, they basically take a group that's already controlled and try and say, well, that's extreme, extreme right. They're extreme, and they're not, okay? Gun owners of America is, was a lot closer to the Constitution, but even then, you know, they're going down the path too, and so they're just taking the constitutional position that all federal gun laws should be should be eliminated. GOA is starting to go down that path like the NRA. It's like, no, we could we could use you know, we could use federal gun laws to make things better. And what <laughs> what the federal government gives, the federal government can and will take away. The the uh the, the nadir really the low point of this came on a, a meeting that an unofficial summit had that was mind blowing. Trump had with Democrat and Republican senators and congressmen on Wednesday, February twenty eighth. That was really mind blowing. And in that, uh, yeah, Trump essentially said he wants an omnibus-type gun control bill. He, he said a lot. Of, he said a lot of amazing things. There was a good piece that was on uh, post on Life that uh, that's owned by Laura Ingram. She may have sold it to a Russian guy now. I'm not sure. Seriously, no, no joke. But uh, Life said will run. They'll, they'll run some good stuff. And they had a good piece after that summit on uh, between Trump again. Yeah, you know, Trump met. If you remember, he met with. Congressman from uh, Democrats and Republicans on Wednesday, February 28th, and in that, basically, we got we got a good quote from someone from Gun Owners of America. 
quote, he has basically just gone over to the anti-gun Barack Obama side of the gun debate. Michael Hammond, legislator, counts that GOA said that. You want to hear someone from, from uh, NRA say it. I'll quote a little bit from the Life Set piece. President Donald Trump endorsed a number of long-stalled gun control proposals on Wednesday, urging Congress to go big during a remarkable White House meeting with lawmakers from both parties. Trump said he wants legislation. He uses a bill sponsored by Senators Pat Toomey, Republican, PA, Joe Manson from Democrat, West Virginia, and Manson and Toomey have been pushing gun control for a long time, for a long time. He said that they wanted to expand background checks to private firearm sales as a starting point. He had that he wants to combine it with measures to address mental health problems and increase the number of people added to a nationwide database using background checks for gun purchases. He also expressed openness to raising the legal age to purchase certain guns from 18 to 21. Quote, I think we're going to have a vote, he said. I think it's going to be a very successful vote, and I will sign it, and I will call whomever you want me to. I like what you're doing, and I like what you're doing already. Trump made clear he wants guns immediately taken out of the hands of dangerous people with mental illnesses. He promised to use his executive power to ban bump stocks, we already did, which increased the speed with semi-autos can fire. Uh, you have to be very, very powerful in background checks. Don't be shy. Very strong and mentally ill. This is Trump. You have to be very, very strong in that. And don't worry about bump stock. We're getting rid of it. You don't have to complicate the bill by adding another two paragraphs. We're getting rid of it. I'll do that by myself. Trump added, I'd rather you come down on the strong side than the weak side. <laughs> uh, again, the GOA guy, Michael Hammond, he campaigned on supporting the Second Amendment. He has basically just gone over the anti-gun, Barack Obama side of the gun debate. Hammond expressed disappointment that Trump specifically opposed the proposal by House Majority with Steve, Steve Scalise, Republican Louisiana, to include language in the bill that would require states to honor concealed carry permits issued by other states. The president said, including it could kill the bill. Once again, showing it's the same agenda that Trump supports as uh, the so-called liberal progressives and the, and the Republicans in Congress. Though the Republicans in Congress have to more pretend that they're not. They don't. They're for gun control. They have to pretend they're against it if they want to get reelected. Hammond also questioned whether Wednesday's compact the White House was a replay of the month's debate over immigration. Trump took his support by surprise, offering to grant amnesty to 1.8 million young adults illegal immigrants, a number far larger than are enrolled in the Deferred Adults for Childhood Arrivals DACA program created under Obama. As he did Wednesday regarding guns, Trump told lawmakers during the immigration meeting that he would sign anything they passed. But legislation never passed because Trump followed up that meeting with insistence on concession, concessions Democrats could not accept. Second Amendment advocates wonder if the same will happen in coming days with gun control. Trump said he wants a package that will allow teachers to be trained to carry guns in schools, and that's that's the bait again. That, that that's the fake, that's the fake carrot he throws out to his base. <laughs> uh, but Trump warned bipartisan players from lawmakers who participated in the discussion. Manson told Fox News afterward he appreciates the president's support for the bill he and Toomey have sponsored. I'm tickled to death, and with his support, both of us protecting the Second Amendment rights, we can move forward. He said that's what we intend to do. So you protect Second Amendment rights by passing gun control legislation. That's mind control. That's that's mind control. Uh, Trump had a great statement there. I didn't pull up the video where he basically said, uh, you have process after you take someone's guns away. And that that was absolutely absolutely hilarious when he said that. Uh, I didn't pull up that video. But this is, uh, I mean, this is who Trump is. I mean, people have said, you know, Trump talks off the cuff and he loves Twitter. But that's uh, that's the reality. That's the reality, really, of uh, of who Trump is. 
that's the reality of who Trump is. What's going to come out, we don't know. But again, you look at the fact what he's already done, how he's already basically betrayed his base on illegal immigration. Uh, he never went after Hillary Clinton. <laughs> uh, Trump continues to expose himself. And some people want to say, uh, yeah, yeah, he's playing 3D chess and all this. It's ridiculous. Trump, Trump's a fraud. Like I said, he's very dangerous because they gave us a populist leader. So Trump's going to be able to do things that other people couldn't have done. I would never you – know, you shouldn't vote for lesser two evils. Again, I got, I got sucked in with Trump. Uh, hadn't voted for a Democrat-Republican. Uh, and never voted for a Democrat. Hadn't voted for a Republican candidate for president in many years. I got sucked in. But the reality is if Hillary had been elected, she would have been able to do a lot less than Trump because, number one, she's so hated from her own party since so many Democrats know – she and her people manipulated the DNC to steal a nomination for Bernie. Okay, not that Bernie's a good guy, but yeah, uh, he did legitimately win the nomination. It was stolen, but she would have been she would have been really crippled from day one, aside from her health issues, because she's so despised and outside of her own party. That's where Trump came in, uh, you know, wearing the mask of populism and nationalism, and yeah, he's just he's in the world of fraud. Trump is doing exactly what he was elected to do, which continued to destroy the rule of law, continued to destroy what's left of our constitutional rights, and continued to foment global government. And he will do that by keeping the borders open, continuing to flood us with the illegal aliens, and take away what's left of our gun rights. It's the same agenda, no matter who's in the, in the White House or Congress. It's the same agenda. Don't uh, don't be don't be distracted. By personalities, don't be distracted by party labels, don't be distracted by philosophical arguments. Look at what people in power, look at what they actually do. Look at what they do. You see, it's the same agenda. Uh, it's very good if you look at the Rutherford Institute. John Whitehead yeah, wrote the book, I believe, Battleground America. And he talks about this all the time that no matter who's in, this is where we go. This is what's going on. So understand how the game works. When you understand how the game works, then you could start to change things. At this point, we have to educate people. And I do think real change happens again. You say, well, yeah, if that's what you really believe, you know, what, what are you doing? Well, I'm educating people. You start, really. You start at the local level. Uh, you start at the county level. You start at the state level. The last thing that will change will be D.C. because the district criminals getting so much money to run. But they want us to focus on D.C., where it's virtually impossible to change things because the money is involved. But it's a lot easier to get someone elected at the state level, at the county level, county commissioners, a lot of power, sheriffs, a lot of power. City councils have some power, not really in North Carolina, where the state can, can really do anything. The municipality can override anything the municipality says or does. But that's what we're looking at. Uh, if you did vote for Donald J. Trump, hope you realize at this point, like me, uh, you were suckered, and things uh, things are going to be very interesting as time goes on, especially if we do. It does appear as if uh, they are going to push for more wars, because even when wars occur, the presidents even get more powerful. Right now, basically, the also of the presidents affect the dictator, much less what happens if uh, they expand any of these wars. You've been listening to KRP Radio Show, keeping it real, Pudgy Miller. Your guest host, Rocco P. This was last.
Friday nights on the KRP radio. That's right, nice and month. Let's get to us, Rocco P. Please tune in again next month. May have a show in between, but definitely the uh, next month, the last day, the last Friday of the month will be April 27th. Thanks again for listening to KRP Radio Show. Have a good night. KRP Radio!